ears. I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to When you hear the trippy music, you know what time it is. It's time on MutinyRadio.fm to talk about what someone believes in today. It's Aaron Lewis on Some Call Me Tim. Yes, Some Call Me Tim, the podcast where a different person every week talks to me about things they believe in today i am joined by the amazing the hilarious the wonderful aaron lewis pam aaron how are you i'm i'm doing great today i'm doing i'm doing great i'm glad you're here that makes it even better hell yeah i love being here we are here at mutiny radio and i am fucking stoked to be here we got Jesus in the corner today. We put baby in a corner. Uh, yeah, we'll put baby in the corner. We put baby in a corner. I, I've seen Sparkle Jesus sometimes. Yeah, you don't I have don't, to look I don't his need eyes. to see him. Nah, it's we'll fine. We don't have to talk about him today. He's a, he's a junior. He's a junior? Yeah. What does that mean? He's not a smoke show? He is, uh, you know, he's the son. Ah, yeah, he's you know, a junior. He's a, I get he's it. a junior champion, God junior. or whatever he is. I don't know. International a, champion or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a religious person, but he would not have the heavyweight title belt. Ah, we can get right into that. Uh, heavyweight <laughs> title belt. Why is wrestling so important to your psyche and to your, uh, what makes you you? I would say wrestling is important. To me, because one, it's very entertaining, and two, it just uh, it, it is like real life. People are like, it's fake, but I'm like, no, like, but they're still getting thrown off a ladder, like, right? Uh, so it's like, physically real. They're really performing like stunts and choreography. It's a real very, person performing. It's a real person performing. Two real people. So there is, although it is a scripted event, there still is some improv in yes. it. In that, no there, matter there, how there's many, there's definitely some improv. It's just like you know, you you hear Jake the Snake talk about, uh, like his bone came out in a match. Oh my lord! For real? For real. That was a real thing that happened. And uh, right afterwards, well, he was just like, to his opponent, he was like, all right, we got to finish the match. Oh, my God. With the bone sticking out of his... With the bone sticking out of his arm. And the blood? And the blood. All over the mat. Real blood. Real blood. Not fake. Did the audience think it was fake? Uh, They always think it's fake. But they always enjoy it. But that's um, so scary. But, like, I just feel like every aspect of our life is fake. Like, just doing small talk to fucking everybody all day, every day, you know? Right. Um, Walking down the street, how are you doing? The answer is okay, good. fine, good, right. It's not, there's no real true honesty there. There's not. Right. And uh, we're playing scripts just like the wrestlers are. We, you know, the, the whole world's a stage, as Shakespeare said. Right. Um, but, like, is Shakespeare even a person? We don't even know. We don't that, even that's know. Correct. Exactly. Like, he could have been a conglomerate. It could have been, like, 
fucking 12 guys. France, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Christopher Marlowe could have been one of them. Billy Mays. Billy yeah. Mays. Well, yeah. there was. Yeah. So people question, like, could anybody write that much in their life, especially when he supposedly died at like 38 years old? Could you really write that large a compendium of not only sonnets, but like huge I think plays? I, I definitely think it's possible. I mean, you without look at a like, computer, they were handwriting it. Oh, my. God. Oh, yeah. With a quill. I think it's possible if you want to write that much. Um I, and honestly, I don't even like think that highly of Shakespeare. And this is coming from a douche like me that hasn't actually published anything. You've uh, never published anything? I've never published <gasps> anything. You know, uh, do you ever write poetry? No. You should write I, some I'm wrestler not a poetry. I'm a fan of poetry. You should I, write some wrestler poetry. It'd be hilarious. Uh, well, everything in wrestling is poetry. Right? Jimmy Sook. You could just describe. This Macho would actually, Man Randy Savage. You know, it would, Ric Flair. It would actually be a really interesting poetic episode, a, 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 a poetic idea if you just explained like different fights. So if, say like you took a fight from the eighties and it was Jimmy Snookafly, Jimmy Superfly Snooka. Oh, he's versus, coming from the top rope. Right. Like. But if you wrote it down and you were like, he's coming from the top rope to smash his twice the size opponent or whatever, it could be a very interesting poetic uh, exercise. Oh, absolutely. To just, um, just do describe you know, do him. Do you know who uh, Jim Ross is? Jim Ross, No. He is. He's a. He was a commentator for uh, WWF, All and right. he is now a commentator for uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, wow. which is a different brand or a different league. But uh, he just has the best commentating. Like he is talking poetry nonstop, right? And like he has his own brand of barbecue sauce. Oh my lord! So everything that like every time people get hit he talks about barbecue sauce and it's a spicy said, barbecue sauce he's like man i don't know how that turnbuckle feels but i can tell you what it doesn't feel like barbecue sauce <laughs> that is really smart and uh, to cross he, market he has a book that he wrote uh a lot of wrestlers are great writers because they're great speakers they're great orators sure um but um he has a book called Slobber Knocker. Wow, that's a great word. Right? Isn't that one of the best works or best words yes, ever? Yes, yes, that's a great word. Uh, Slobber Knocker. And I just that quote him strange. all the time. Well, one of the quotes is what I just said about like I don't know, I don't know what that's made of, but it ain't made of barbecue sauce. And this is a guy like slamming another guy's head in a turnbuckle, which is made out of metal. But okay. he's like. But in one of the most famous matches in all wrestling is when The Undertaker threw Mankind, Mick Foley, over a steel cage, and they smashed in the Spanish announcer's desk. That poor Spanish announcer's desk. I'll get to that later, but... How, like, what, so they someone threw another 250-pound man over... What, what Jim Ross said, he was like, I don't know how that cage can handle it. That's two, three hundred pounders up there. They were on top of the cage. They were on top. Damn. And the cage gave way. Oh my God, it's so dangerous. It's it's real. It's real. Sure. So it's real, but it's fake. It's like everything else. It's fake news. It's real, sort of. 
But there, it, there is, I mean, because it is real. There are real people, and they're really doing it. It's not animated. It's not like, animated. They're, they're like, it's like, not celebrity deathmatch. Hulk Hogan's a real person. Yes. And uh, he picked up Andre the Giant for real. Wow. Like, that's a 500-pound person that he picked up. That's insane. It is. And he, he says that he's shorter now because of all the wrestling moves and like his legs just started giving way. That absolutely makes sense. He's also an old man now. Yeah, and he's a piece of shit. But is like, he? Yeah. Hulk no. Hogan? Because he's sold out. I, so, I loved it. He's a racist piece of shit. I, I loved like, it when he tried to do that um, reality TV show and then he was trying to push his daughter's like singing career or something and they were she's so pretty and blonde and it was just like wow i watched that for it was it was like 10 years ago i don't know i also watched that show and in one of the episodes um hulk hogan was with his daughter and his daughter saw a guy that hulk hogan knew and she shook hands with him and he said afterwards to his daughter, he was like, oh, I'd wash your hand after that because that was a porn star. But then Hulk Hogan afterwards had a sex tape. And uh, Hulk Hogan has a sex tape. Wow. Hulk Hogan has a sex tape. Who doesn't have a sex tape? That would be more of a fun game to play. I, I don't I'll have do a that. sex tape. Do you oh, have a sex tape? I, I don't have a sex tape, no. I, I feel like you would be okay with having a sex tape. I'm not okay with having a sex tape. I like, don't think it'd be very interesting. I'm not. I'm I'm really vanilla. I don't I, think I'm anyone pretty vanilla. Would be. I just like to, like, dominate and, like, just... I just like to go to straight doggy style and just fuck the shit out of whoever I'm with. And like pin them down. Yeah, de- definitely wrestling moves involved. Y- yeah, and you know, they tap out when I'm done. But like, <laughs> but it's all consensual. Like, of, of course. Yeah. Of course. Do you wear the luchadoras mask? I'm going to. I oh, I forgot to bring it. That's okay. Uh, it was the radio. You didn't have to tell people that. Um, you could have. You could be grabbing it out of your bag right uh, now. But I will lo- wear the luchador mask for like the whole week of Halloween. Oh, good. Yeah, um, that'll be creepy on the bus. That's gonna be like the, be least the least creepy. creepy thing yeah, on you're, the bus, you're you know? right. You're like, right. I'm the most creepy thing on the bus lately, and I'm really no, I'm not. The creepy. I don't think so. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm creeping out. I think I feel dudes, like you have but... to try to be creepy on the bus. You know, like I'll I'll be drinking Jim Beam and like PBR on the bus. Yeah, and people were like, "Man, this guy's high class." Like. <laughs> He ain't got no four loco today. Yeah, no, or or either that or like I'm low class. I'm like that's not a white claw. <laughs> what like, is with uh, white? Everyone's got white claw all of a sudden now. Everyone's into white claw. I've been seeing like, all I, the kids drinking white claw. I'm like where where did this come from? Never heard of it before. In the past month, it's like everywhere. What is their marketing scheme and how did they do it? Did they get like I don't know. I, well, if there was like a comedian, or I don't know if he's a comedian, but he's a YouTube guy. Mm. So that's like new age comedian. Mm. Where if you just have a show on YouTube that people watch a lot, and, and I've seen claw. some. I've seen some great shows come from YouTube when I worked at the improv in San Jose. Like there was a well-read comedy tour that was like liberal rednecks that came through and I fucking loved it. Well-read, that's funny. Um, But like there's just a guy on YouTube that just like was hyping up White Claw and he just filmed the skit. And I feel like after that, they fucking just took off. Yeah. There Um, it was. I mean, they don't, I, I like them. They taste good. I like to get drunk. Like, <laughs> Is that part of your um, life belief, life system? 
if you to will. get drunk. Yeah. Yeah, I don't trust people that don't like to get drunk. That's fair. Our, you know that like, our president, like, our president right. doesn't drink. I don't and trust. I don't, him. Trust, I don't him. trust him. Yeah. But you could tell he's doing fucking stimulants. Yeah, that's true too. I, he's I, always I like know. sniffing. Like every time he fucking does a speech, he's just like. Yeah, it's, it's ho- like whoa, like wait, you're doing blow or meth or whatever fucking it, stimulant the CIA has nowadays. It's hard um, to tell these days if someone has like allergies or a cocaine problem because they're just uh, everyone's it's pretty sniffing. easy to tell. Like they like it's pretty easy because there will be other signs for allergies. <laughs> and well, not for the president, but oh fucking. Oh God! How do you uh, feel about stim- stimulant usage? Do you do you partake in that as well? When people offer me, mm. yes. So it's like a you don't you don't buy it, but you got to be real careful these days about all the fentanyl. They're even putting fentanyl no, in well, speed. Like you, you know my bits, no, like I know and, and not everybody listening knows my bits, but like you know, I've done some things. And people said it was something else. Me neither. But yeah, the, the whole me neither bit. And, and that's probably like my... Me neither. I, I feel like that's yeah. like the most solid bit I'm so proud of. Um, because you can do so many great callbacks too, especially if you're hosting a show. You can bring that up in your opening set and then throughout other people's keep jokes, keep about, talking about... Uh, you know what? I had never actually either. thought about that. Yeah, well, it's a great callback. While hosting, I could just bring up like whatever the worst... Yes. thing that whatever comic did beforehand and then just bring that up exactly. afterwards yeah i was trying dude well you were there at delirium on monday and yes, i was fucking monday. killing and then this guy like started talking to me and then i was like i had just had such a one-track mind and i was about to bring up the mean either again right and then I just couldn't remember anything, and I just told the guy to fuck off. And then I was like, "All right, well, I'm go- I'm done now." Right? Like, You're like, I didn't even get to do my last joke. Yeah, but thanks, like, guy. Uh, I was about to knock it out of the park, like, and do like another whole bit uh, that I was gonna deny. Right. Right afterwards. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, yeah. You ever? You ever? You ever drink a lot of red wine and then stick a guy's balls in your mouth and then throw up and then have to swallow it so you wouldn't spit red <laughs> yeah, wine all yeah, over right? your bed? Me neither. Me at, neither. at least Detox came up and he did a whole me neither joke too. Yeah. So that was a kind of a callback. It's also but, yeah. so funny because it's it's in reference also sort of to the Me Too movement. It's so it's it's it I works on that so up many initially. Um, no, no, you but, don't even have to bring it up. It just, it's, it's sort of, it's a, it's an oblique reference to it. You don't have to be super obvious. You just sort of like skim off the top of it instead of me too, me neither. It's, it's great. It's a great joke. I, I used don't to bring up the that. me too movement, but, but every movement is, um, how do you say, like, uh, transitory? Mm, of course. Like it, it comes and it goes. Right. Yeah. But like, like the Me Too movement, someone was gone. Like no one really like. There was a time. There was a couple months when it was a hot thing right. that people were bringing up. Everyone was. And bringing. and I'm not against that. I'm totally for that. Like 
Um, yeah, we should believe women and especially, but just bringing it to the court um, of public opinion. I don't know. But still, like, how many people, like, how many times you see, like, hashtag me too anymore? And yeah, not, I don't know. I don't Twitter. Tweet, you have, but, you've never yeah. seen it in the past month. Probably not. And it's I not wanted trending. to keep my joke relevant. Right, right, so right. So I just started, re- I, I just stopped referencing that. Sure. Um, if you're going to. Because re- people, like, because the last, like, the last time I did reference it, somebody last time. They were just like, oh, uh, that was like a year ago. Right. They're like, uh, 2018 called and wants its hashtag back. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, I, I, I still think my joke is solid. Oh, me, uh, me neither works really well. I think that the Me Too movement actually should be changed into like, you know, the bowel movement. Me Too, like, yeah, I'm going gotta number two. Gotta, yeah. Me Too movement. Yeah. I gotta go number oh, two as well. Me too. Yeah. I like that. Me like, movement. Yeah. So, oh my God. My About I was movement. talking to my boss and uh, I uh, I I always reference a place of where I like to hang out by their bathroom. Oh, fun! Yeah, Mutiny Radio's bathroom is disgusting. But I can still take a dump there. Sure, there's still can. a lock on it. Yeah, sort of. Uh, yeah. Sort of. Yeah. You can always uh, put your hand on the door. But my boss was just like he was, but like I I wasn't even trying to make a joke, but he said. I love that every time ta- every time you reference a place, you're just talking about how their bathroom is. But I'm like, dude, I gotta go. Yeah, it happens. So like, well, I refer, well, I talked about it on Facebook today, so I should bring it up. That's like, what I was gonna. That was why I tried to bring in the um, bowel movement. Is you're an expert. Like like a month ago. A month ago, I was on the Muni and uh, I was taking the N. And I was about at like seventh and Irving. Okay. Inner sunset. Nice area. Yeah. Um and all of a sudden the feeling just hit. Right. Mumbles and grumbles. And in your tumbles. I, I was like Okay, uh when I get off the Muni, I'm gonna have to go to the nearest bar. Um and I was going, I was trying to go the like just all the way to the Tenderloin, sure, just to get home. And I was gonna stop at like Boozeland or something yeah, like that. Yeah, God, I love because they have a pretty nice bathroom. They have billions of bathrooms because it yeah. used to be Deco, used to be a gay bar, and the whole downstairs used to be a glory hole place. But so they have yeah. multiple bathrooms at Boozeland. Yeah, I love very, that. Place. Very nice bathrooms. It's also co-owned by the um, owners of Benders, 806 South Vanessa. Love those guys. Go to the Boozeland. next stop. Hit. It was like fourth in Irving, sure. and I was like, "Okay, I might have to get You're off." You're not gonna and, make it. I might have to get off in Carl and Cole. Sure, because there's a lot of nice bars around there, and I'm sure one of them has a nice bathroom. You could always get off at. You probably couldn't have gotten that far, but at well, uh, UCSF. At as the I'm going on this fucking mini ride, I get to the next stop. I don't even. It's in a nice neighborhood still, but I was like, I have to get off right now. I'm gonna shit my pants. You're sweating. You're sweating. And I just, I just got got off right there in a nice neighborhood and I find a little alcove and I just fucking drop my draws and then it's just like pure fucking ass piss. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hot liquid Pepsi out your tushy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not proud, but like, what am I to do? I, it was either that or shit my pants. Well, but like, so I recommend that next time just go in between two cars and sort of sit on the edge of the of the um, curb because you can position your ass on the curb so that the poop goes right into the street and you know that there's going to be 
street sweepers that will eventually clean it up as opposed to an alcove near someone's house. There was, there was no logic involved. There in was this. no, I was, you just there, had to get it. Done. Like I just, I was not thinking I just had to go. And also one, that house might not even be occupied because of rents in San Francisco. Like point, a third of the houses are not even occupied. And if they are, they're by people that, Oh, this is going to sound bad, but don't even like, aren't even like, don't even live here. Oh, right. There could be like Airbnb. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. You know, there's a San Francisco law. It's illegal to pee in the street, but it is not illegal to poop in the street in San Francisco because when people have an emergency, there's nothing else you can do. Oh, really? But it's in the street, not on the sidewalk. There's a lot of things that aren't illegal in San Francisco. Like I was on the way over here and I like cracked a beer at like Larkin and Ellis. That's technically and, illegal, but no one's going to stop you for it. Well, they will at Dolores Park. At Dolores Park, they will, they will fine you. And they'll funny story. Out this beer. has never happened to me, um, except it, literally this happened like an hour ago. Um, I cracked a beer on the corner at like Ellis or Eddie and Larkin. In the like, glass right, bottle or in a in a can? It was in a glass bottle, but. Um, these two cops right walked up right behind me afterwards. Oh my god! And they were like, "You know that's not legal in the state of California." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm aware of that, but that's like the shadiest block on Larkin. There's people fucking shooting up and dying on the block right there. There's they, people fucking. They they didn't there's do people, anything. There's people literally fucking. Sometimes they, they go into a tarp. They didn't do anything, but." They tried to shame you. What? Well, yeah. They didn't do anything, but they tried to shame me, and they are like, you know that's not legal, right? But I wanted to be like, you see all those people shooting up over there? Yeah, you see those people, yeah. I didn't say that, though, because I'm not a snitch. Right, uh, right. But for real, though, there's people smoking crack, like, right next did to you, me. It's like, you... wait, is, like, is alcohol more illegal than smoking crack in the Tenderloin? Like, Good question. That I think they were question, trying. They right? were trying to shame you because you're white. That yeah. they were well, like, white boy, me, get in did, a bar. And they definitely drink. didn't give me a ticket because I'm white. And the guy, the cop had like a southern draw, and I was like, are you? Act- I wanted to be like, are you actually from the south, or did you just try to pretend that you're from a more conservative state? Because I have five cousins from one branch of my family, and four of them don't have a draw. And they farm. And if and he hears this, I want to I hear the answer to this. But uh, I'm like, do you realize like no one else in your family has a draw? <laughs> but you have some like assumed <laughs> accent? <laughs> Sometimes I call people darling all the time and it sounds like I have a southern accent. But I just it's It's not darling. one word though. Yeah, that's true. It's the whole thing. It's like the whole thing. And I'm like, I get it. Like you're a badass. Like you fucking handle cows for a living like straight up or like fucking cutting bulls balls off and shit like that like but like also you're from california like no one else in your family has a draw yeah so settle simmer down knock it off yeah yeah settle down friend stop with the stop trying to be something you're not stop trying to rachel dolezal the south yeah. <laughs> I identify as Southern, so I'm gonna do draw. I guess Maybe I get it, it though, because like makes me more likable to the people. My imagination runs, and like I always like to imagine myself as like some Mongolian warrior, like just riding the step. 
But I don't know. I well, I know. I kind of know what Mongolian sounds like just because of the throat singing. Oh my lord! Like the. They sound like Klingons, huh? Wrath of the Khans. <laughs> the Khans. That's right. That's funny because it was one of their. Well, that's what they Mongolian, named their kings. Right, you know? the Khans. Yeah. yeah. Well, a Khan means king. And like, yeah, the wrath of Khan. Absolutely. That's uh, funny. Look how we brought that all together. All I tried to. I, yes. I was like, I was like, I got to bring up another subject I can actually talk about. There's like two things I really like to talk about in my autism, which are you? You aren't on the spectrum, Aaron. Are do you find you you identify I as think a person I am, on the spectrum? Because like everything, like every single subject I think about goes right back to two subjects. Trains. One, Just kidding. <laughs> trains. Yeah, I'm a train man. No, my, no, that's my my dad was a train man. My grandfather was a train man, and my great granddaddy was a train man. Just question people with people with. Uh, I love drinking on trains. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah. Be- that's the best. That's my favorite place to drink is on trains. People on the spectrum. There's love a, there's trains. A joke. Yeah, one of my or cars things that i have a buddy who's on the spectrum she's 12 now and she loves to park cars meaning not real cars but she has all of these little matchbox she just has a cars little, little, yeah she, she likes, she to, just drive likes to line them up and, exactly drive them up yeah. drive them around and then park them back in the same space uh, all kinds of stuff she has her own theories and it's a, just a thing she's always done is playing with matchbox cars some some question some people on the spectrum like trains but i mean just because you really really like one or two things doesn't necessarily mean you're on the spectrum. You're very good at communicating with people, which makes me think that you're not on the spectrum. Well, you're one person that thinks that. But you're, are you uh, really susceptible to like stimulus? Like if it's really bright out, it really bothers you or lights, do lights bother you or people touching you or getting like in close proximity to other people? Is that difficult for you in any way? All of those things but in a very mild way. Okay. Like I like I don't think I like actually have that much of a problem. You could be if you're on the like, spectrum, you might be a little bit on like the Aspergery side. Like on I, the, I I I think I got top. Aspergers for sure, but it's just like, like, yeah. Do you no, always like, feel like you socially not fit in? Yes and no, um, because I feel like I can fit in, but then. Every time I kind of fit in, I'm like, all right, time to talk about wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> or like time to talk about the Mongolian Empire. Like What got uh, you into what got you into the Mongolian Empire? I have no idea other than like I just heard about it. I don't know how I even got I don't know how I heard about it. But you're talking about an empire that like when Genghis Khan was alive was batting a thousand. He won every single war that he went to and he would he was very i wouldn't say nice because obviously somebody that kills millions of people is not a nice guy right but he just made an agreement he's like i don't care what religion you are i don't care what nationality just i'm just the leader bow to me and all is well and and if they bow to the strength, I guess. I'm kind of okay with that. Like, like, see, I'm not going to bow to anybody just in general. But, like, I'm definitely not going to bow to somebody for, like, being an 
invalid joke. Like, I'm not gonna like if you're like if your old stick is like, oh, I'm like a Christian or I'm a Muslim or like I'm an or even if I'm an atheist or whatever, I'm not gonna bow to you because of your certain beliefs. Mm. But if you are okay with everybody having their certain brand of whatever it is. I'm like, I'm still not okay with you killing millions of people, but like, that's better than like killing millions of people that the have cut, a right. re like, and p- for people for re- differences to for, say, he for was people listening, person. I'm doing in quotations like beliefs or reasons. Sure, sure. Um, I don't like that's all bullshit. Like, just just admit that you're killing people just because because you want their land and you want their goods and you want their people and their cows and you want to uh yeah exactly just, like just just, admit just it. be straight up with it yeah i wish that's true like when we um, when we hide things like why did we go after saddam hussein in iraq and all of that oil uh, oil it's because of oil and we pretend well it's it was not, american it's not about, freedoms it was about it wasn't it was about, about islam. islam it wasn't about terrorism it was about oil yeah, and like killing dark people and, but, in a land that we don't know anything about. But like, would you respect our government more if they said, yeah, we got to go over, we got to fuck with the Russians because they have all the oil, because they have a vast, huge amount of land, and a lot of it underneath has resources that we want. So we fuck with people because we want their resources. If we If we said that, would you respect our government more? I would definitely respect any government more if they responded truthfully. Um, so yes, if oh, good. if like, and not that I would like actually respect them because it's not cor- like it's not correct, it's not moral. But like, if George Bush was just like, "Look, we're invading Iraq for oil," I'd be like, "Okay, well." I still don't respect that, <laughs> but at least you're being truthful. At least you're being so truthful. I can yeah. like respect that a little bit more. You can respect the truth. Yeah, and, I respect the truth. I get that. I wish that our politicians were a little bit more honest, and then they. But we judge them based on how honest they look, or what if it sounds like they're honest, but are they just acting? And therefore, why? I mean, don't I loved we... Obama, but he wasn't truthful. Like oh. Obama was a great statesman. And don't get me wrong, I loved Obama. Yeah. Essentially, the president is like the Queen of England. <laughs> and and when A I say that, head. I mean A like they head. don't actually have any power. That they're they're completely run by the Your other hands influence. are tied. Your hands are tied, yeah. I'd like to think that Obama wanted to do way more for humanity. Sure. And I think he did a lot. In his last... But he still wasn't allowed to do as much because of the powers that be. Because of the special the, interests the, Like the, yeah. the, sure, the sure. corporations that put him in power. Right. But he was a statesman, though. He's, he gave great speeches. He, gave, he was great. And he didn't have an earpiece in. No one was telling him what to say. I don't, th- I don't believe he had any teleprompters. I don't think anyone was telling him what to say. He I mean, even if he did, I, dude, can you imagine like Obama doing stand-up? Like, oh my God, I'd love him. <laughs> I, I, like, don't get me wrong. I love Obama, but there's still like there's drones still- dropping bombs on people in oh, the yeah. Middle East. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like 
but I can tie this back to professional wrestling though because it is they have a script yeah it's totally scripted they have a script Um, and they're flexing and they're doing things with other powers but there's still a script there that we as a people aren't privy to and it becomes this spectacle this entertainment like what's happening right now with our with our um, political thing with the 2020 the who's going to be the next president it's all this big spectacle that we're watching and sort of participating in but it's scripted isn't it like they know it that is. it's going to be the but, it, but, it, but that influences people though and like what i tell people that like people will be like well like i wanted to like obama but what really changed and i'm like okay but he's a figure and he encouraged like community uh like getting along with one another um, whereas like, even if the president doesn't have any, like the president probably doesn't have any actual power. I figure once you get elected, you probably just shake hands with somebody that actually has power. Um, but, um, it encourages people in a certain way, whoever's in office. So like when Obama was in office, I feel like, sure. There were shootings. But not as many as like when Trump was in office, because I feel like he's encouraging people. Oh like, yeah, with his tweets. Whatever, whatever power you think you have, like, like whatever the power they have, they definitely influence people. But Trump is influencing racists and xenophobes. Yeah, and Nativists. he's totally encouraging people to just like act out on like whatever hate your neighbor fucking, yeah exactly <laughs> hate your neighbor or like whatever fucking, hate your neighbor as yourself isn't that what we're doing now everyone hates themselves and they're hating I their love neighbor. my neighbors i love my neighbors too. and we live in the tenderloin Pam. I, I love like. i love my neighbors better than myself how about that i hate myself and i love my neighbors um there's actually a new thing i don't know if you know about this on 180 Jones, there is a uh, San Francisco-owned parking lot that my buddy Amy Farrah Weiss is. Um, she she raised 150 thousand dollars, and she's trying to raise 15 thousand more. Uh, but it's a city-owned parking space that right now has a chain-link fence around it where they've cut some things in it, and some people are living in there. And she's trying to turn it into this safe, organized space with the okay of the city that would turn it into half-dog park, and it would be a space where people could get services if they needed help, and there would be five tiny homes there where there were stewards that lived in these tiny homes that lived there and took care of the space and took care of the people around and that there'd be stewards in the community. I want to be a steward that help. I like keep to be a things, steward. Yeah. They help keep people safe. And one of the main things that you take an oath is we belong. That's her first thing. And that's, we're all, we all live there. And I keep seeing these big, huge high rises go up. There's a bunch of them now. There's one on Jones and McAllister now that just went up. And I'm like, who's going to live in these, but right across from piano fight, they've just built a new one. There's another one going up and right across from people who are living on the street, who's going to live in these buildings. It's not going to be no the people one. living on the street. They're Who's all it gonna empty. Be? They're going to be, well, who are they going to fill them with? What, rich people that want to move into the Tenderloin now because it's the only affordable place to live? That's insane when we've got people living on, I mean, in tents. It's crazy. I was there on Saturday helping Amy pick up garbage and making connections with the people that live in my community because I want to like put my activism where my mouth is. So I'm trying to get involved in this project. And it's scary. Like, 
And I was trying to help and they saw me trying to help, but there was this one lady who was very, very erratic. And she earlier, someone finally got her to put a pair of sweatpants on. But earlier, <laughs> <laughs> earlier she was across the street with no pants, uh. no pants, sort of fiddling with her vag on the street. And then finally the cops came up and they made her move and they helped her locate a pair of pants. And then she put on a pair of underwear over the pair of pants and she was sort of yelling and I was cleaning up this cardboard and she came up to me. She's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, if it's your cardboard, I'm really sorry. I was just trying to take it up to recycling because I'm helping clean. And she was very erratic and I knew she wasn't going to hurt me, but she was kind of like. Like who knows a, what she's gone through? I don't who know. knows? Well, that's the whole thing is that I don't know. Society, we as a neighbors and as people, and are like not I don't, I don't needs. have the tools to help her. <laughs> I know, either do I. But she belongs, though. But she belongs exactly. But if she you, should have a place to just chill out and put some pants on. Yes, and we, sh- everyone should have a place. It's just insane to me. It, it, like, we, in, unless she's really adamant about not having pants, but like that's just a bad area to not have pants on. Absolutely. Uh, it was middle of the day, too. It was noon on Saturday at 180 Jones. But it gets cold in San Francisco. You should have some pants on. I, I mean, she was in the sun kind of sitting there playing with her vag. And I was like, this is really happening. Like, this is real. I got I, I got really emotional about it because. Do you, th- do you think a, like a like a mentally a person that has it all mentally together would do that? No, of course not. That's why we're just not. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, we need like. And I don't have answers. I only have questions. Right. Um, but I don't know how to fix everything. But fixing that lot up, it sounds like a like a very good idea. Step in the right direction. We all belong. We all we belong. Yes. It's just, and this is our city, and yet, I, and I'm fine with the migration or the immigration of people coming to the city. But I have no problem with immigration. Have you ever done any job that like a Mexican does? Yeah, I've. Nannied. I mean, well, you're a cook. Yeah, I cook, so, yes. and I and I've nannied, and but I'm not afraid of any Mexicans taking my job. Um, I'm just, have you ever picked strawberries before? No, and it is yeah. backbreaking work. It's fucking <coughs> death in the sun, and you get paid by the every time box, you try and put a, like a more lock on limig- immigration. Fruit prices go up or grow up. <laughs> but they no. go up or and they grow up. Yeah. Same thing, I guess. Sure. Um, but it's just like, I've talked to farmers. Like, I come from a family of farmers. Yep. And I've, I used to take uh, farming classes at uh, Cabrillo College, just the community college in Santa Cruz. But, um, and we'd go out to farms and we'd talk to farmers and they're like, dude, like, we would hire a white, like, we'll hire a white person. But they just last like two days. Sure, of course. Uh, whereas like a Mexican will be there for like, you know, until they die, essentially. And, and like, kids these days, they can't do actual labor because they're constantly looking dude, at no their phones. White, no white kid is going to fucking pick fruit. I, they, I mean, why not? Why do we? But that's the thing. Why do we make certain labors? Why do we castigate or why do we make a caste system and say, well, this labor is better than this labor and this labor. But if you're... If you're providing food for people, that's like really important labor. And right now in our society, right now in our society, it isn't. But once the fucking power goes out, wow, we're really going to be respecting farmers again. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, And like, dude, the Mexicans are going to be one like, hey, amigo. (laughs) (laughs) Amigo. Dude, like, (laughs) dude, I, I, 
I feel like this almost sounds racist, being like, oh, I love Mexicans. I love Mexicans. But I do love Mexicans. I love Mexico. I love Mexicans. This was Mexico. We stole it from them. Everything, like, whenever anything bad happens, my Mexican coworkers are just like, oh, it's okay. Like, just nothing faces them. Like, and, like, you ask a white person, they're like, oh, well, my Wi-Fi doesn't work. <laughs> and it's like, is that really that big of a deal? Yeah, they're crap. No, they're fucking, they're totally screwed. And I'm like, well, fucking, my homeboy Ruben, <laughs> this is actually uh, the produce manager at the store I work at. Yeah. But he's worked there for, like, 20 years. Never ever complains to me at least, but fucking just never like he's always in a good mood and he works like 16 hour days Ugh. and he fucking never complains. I would never. I can't work. Well, I mean, and I'm like, I can't do that. Well, but it depends what you consider work. It depends what you consider labor. If you added up your comedy labor plus your labor labor that you're literally paid for, I, I mean, I would say that comedy labor and providing entertainment is important. Now, it's not something that is monetarily, like, rewarded uh, right now for you. I'm not going to monetize comedy. No, but but it's still labor. It's still something you're doing for the betterment of all. And for yourself, betterment as well. I don't think that your work should specifically be something that you're like, oh, I hate doing my work. I but, like my job. Like, But it, the th- what I'm saying is that you're... Where you as a human decide to put your time and energy, that is labor. And that, oh, yeah. that labor should be recognized. And the way that we recognize it in the United States is monetarily. And maybe in other places, people, I don't know, do it differently. And in a Marxist society, I think that we'd value it differently. But if you added up all the time that you spent toward your quote unquote job and then also toward your comedy you'd see that you probably work 80 hours a week um on certain weeks if you but if you sometimes you know sometimes i'll hit like eight mics in a week right sometimes i'll hit one and it just depends I Um, i hit four on sunday if i have Monday off, which I didn't have Monday off because I wanted to be here ah, and talk to you. Thank I you. normally have Monday off. Yeah. Um, you would have been at Milk Bar late with us. I was at Milk Bar late. Oh. I was there. That's right. I saw you. Yeah. And then me and Mark Noyer got really drunk and like fucking played pool at a different bar on hate. But like, that's funny. Uh, yeah. But like, um, I don't think you're wrong. Um, but I don't consider it like, I know it's putting time in, Sure, but I don't think of it as the same way. Gotcha. It's not ball and chain. It's more like I enjoy, like, like I said, I enjoy my job. Um, but it's still, it's just like, also I can't wait to get out to go do something else. Cause as much as I like providing like fruits and veggies for people, um, I'm just like a vehicle there. Yeah. Like anybody could do that. But no one can do the jokes that I'm doing. That's because true. I'm the one I am the sole writer of my <laughs> jokes. 
Um, You're the only one thinking of the weird shit that you think of. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah. like no one, no one's yelling ass piss. No, they are not. Um, the and only like, one. pee pussy and ass piss. <laughs> yeah, pee pussy, fucker, like skin mark. Those are all my kids, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, but like, I don't like. You can actually come this Friday to Mutiny's Comedy Clubhouse at eight o'clock, and you can experience the comedy of Aaron Lewis for yourself for a mere ten dollars. I will be here this Friday. This Friday, and I will be delivering a hard. hot whatever time Pam gives me. Ten but minutes a, of hard-hitting Mongol. Ten jokes minutes of, the- of Mongoloid jokes. <laughs> oh God! Where I, I call the- my brother. A retarded person. <laughs> but if you talk uh, about the Mongols and defeating China, oh dear, that would be. I, I mean, when does I don't it, have any. I don't actually have any jokes about the Mongol Empire yet, when, other than calling my brother a mongoloid. Right, my, 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 my brother's not actually doesn't actually have Down syndrome. <laughs> And I'd like to, if my brother is listening, I doubt it. I know my mom and my dad are probably listening, but I'd like to. Uh, congratulate my brother because I'm about to be an uncle. So. Oh, that's so exciting! Yeah. Well, look at that. And it might be a ginger child. Oh, that's even better. You know, like there's me. Like my dad was a ginger, and then uh, my brother's not a ginger, but his wife is kind of a ginger. So did like, you know that only 1.9 percent of the total global oh, Pam, population is I ginger? Know. I know all the ginger statistics. Just under. It's the same amount of people, actually, that are uh, born intersex. So the same amount of people that are born uh, hermaphroditic and uh, have both testes and ovaries. Oh, really? It's gingers? Same amount. 1.9%. Same amount. So we're, we're... So gingers are on the same level of hermaphrodites? Well, no, just, just in the... Just as in the... How, how the percentage of worldwide population they're at the same percentage rate well maybe my next nephew or niece or <laughs> non-binary be, you know intersex is really interesting though because i always thought like why do they always turn them into girls why not just let why not just keep their genitals the way they are until they decide to choose if they they're like superhumans if they've got both testicles and ovaries and like an enlarged clitoris or a very small penis uh, do you think you can make yourself come like that? I would hope. Well, anybody can make. Can you just come. like impregnate yourself like that? Now that's an, that's another interesting question. You know, and it probably wouldn't work because I feel like I would be like I would feel like I would want to be hermaphrodite if I could just impregnate myself. Well, the, and the, I would just give like just just clones and copies of myself. Well, the you know? question becomes that if you is the genetic material too close because that's why you, brothers and sisters can't have babies because but they have. If, I mean, if I can just tuck my dick into my pussy and then just like come, I, I, that would I don't be, know if I this mean, is offensive. No, it's not. I mean, it's it's but like, like a good if question. You have, if, if you have both genitalia, like could you make just like a clone of yourself? I wonder. I, I mean, these are, I, I guess the And anybody doctors, listening, I don't care what you are. I, I want everybody to be exactly how they are. Yeah, I don't think that we should circumcise boys. I think that let them have their penis the way it is supposed. Why did we just Absolutely. decide? Let it yeah. until if I they're, want my foreskin back. If they're if they're seventeen or eighteen and, and they, I'm not they even decide, Jewish. Yeah. Like, Exactly. So it has, it has nothing to do with any, it just has to do with Americans just decided that they want it to look like this. And it's so funny that 
they do they mutilate small babies but if a man if a man turns 18 and decides like you know what i really want a circumcised penis well then go ahead and the same thing if you're bone both with born testes and ovaries and you turn 18 and you go or you turn 13 and you decide the gender that i identify with is male then you can get rid of the female stuff and if you decide that the gender that you're working with is female and if you decide i'm keeping them both i want to be the way i am then yay What's wrong with that? They're like super Dude, I want to celebrate everybody. That's what I say. Celebrate all of our differences. Um, it's crazy. Be who you want to be. But as, wh- long as, it, as long as you don't harm another person, you're okay. Yeah. Like, all that stuff I'm down with. Love just, your neighbor as yourself. Just, you know, just be yourself and that's it. And don't harm other people. Yeah. Um, unless they try to attack you. But, like, that's a different thing. Right. Uh, but, you know, like... You know, when Jesus said, like, or somebody came up to Jesus, one of the Jews did, and they said, what's the most important commandment? And he said, he said something that wasn't even in the Ten Commandments, and he was just like, just treat your neighbor as you want to be treated. Yeah, be cool, And that's like Newton's first law of physics. Fucking just every action has it. Equal and opposite reaction. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. Different one, um, but same kind of thing. If you don't want to fucking get your head chopped up, well, I mean, yeah, this is a very general thing because, like, sometimes you can be a very good person and still bad things happen to you. That's true too. Um, it doesn't like sometimes you can be like the best person in the world and still bad things will happen to you. Um, and that happens. People, and I don't, I don't have an answer for that. I don't. Um, I wish I did. But I don't um, like uh, there was a very uh, there was a lecture um, that the boot or at the end of a lecture that the Buddha did and um, this person came up to him and he said, my whole tribe got wiped out in warfare. Um, like. What do I do? What, what do I do? Yeah. What, like, what's next? And, like, the Buddha didn't have an answer. And he just straight up just didn't have an answer. But well, it was like, it, but, like, people that, like, were, like, noted, like, wrote it down. Because, like, the Buddha didn't write it down. But sure. he just, like, they called it the no of silence. It's just like, well, what if, are you going to do? Like, I don't. Well, then uh, that's when you celebrate that you're the only one left alive. And so something must, there must be something that you're supposed to do that because you're the last, not like take vengeance across the, but you, you're the one left celebrate that you're still alive. Like that's, I, I mean, I guess like, I like, I mean, that's a good answer, but the Buddha didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. And he, he sure. but uh, the person that wrote it down just called it the noble silence. And they were noble like, silence. there's just some things I don't, because he wasn't necessarily concerned about what happens when you... I mean, he did talk about things when you die or... or Well, actually, he didn't. Like, I feel like Buddhism is such a weird subject that like got transferred into so many different like schools of thought. Sure. Because, like, all that the Buddha did is just, like, an end to suffering... Well, life and is, that, but, and but while, you, all while life you're alive suffering. right now, right, but, and you're you're suffering is from you desiring things, right? Um, 
Doesn't matter if there's a god. Doesn't matter if there's an afterlife. Just all it can tell you right now is that, like, you are in pain, mental or physical, because one, you get old, and two, <sighs> you're like desiring something. Right. So. Stop. I mean, the four so, noble truths are like, the first one is like, you're going to get old, you're going to die, you're going to feel pain. There's no escape from that until you die. Um, second one, the pain you feel right now is because you are uh, like trying to acquire something. You're like looking for something. So yeah, for like an like an outlet or fewer like, ex no expectations leads or, to no disappointment or booze or or whatever alleviates the pain of living. <laughs> Life is pain. Sure. Life is wrestling. <laughs> the Buddha is a real wrestler. Well, and also I think one of the precepts was enjoy the moment of transit. Like yeah. we're constantly moving from place to place. And if you just enjoy the moment of transit, then you will constantly be happy because we're constantly moving from place to place. And instead of being like, I'm moving and that movement is causing me pain. If you just enjoy that moment, then you can alleviate life. Pain. Life is motion. Life is motion. Yeah. Uh, like, and even unlife is motion. Like things that are not alive are still in motion. What, like um, rocks? Yeah, rocks. I guess because they can be affected by I mean, water's around. not alive. Is it? The... No, water's not alive. There are things that live, live in, in water, water, but they're, they're not, like, water did is... You, did you hear what Detox said the, dude, the other no, day, that water dude, is God? I, I, I yelled at him, oh I was like, dude, God. this is like, water is God. Water is God. That was, like, the realest shit I've ever yeah, heard before. we're 70% water. Yeah. And water and, in like, the just, ocean. if you're dirty, you fucking wash yourself. Right, like, yeah. But dude, that, that nothing, was the realest shit. Like that was not comedy. No, that, that was, was like, that was the best TED talk I've heard recently. Yeah, uh, that was some George Carlin esque shit. That was some esoteric. Uh, like, deep... I, and detox. If you listen to this, I'm sorry if I say it's not comedy, but that was like next level shit. Absolutely. That was like I felt like I was at like a new like new church or something Absolutely. like that. Like a new, I, I, like it I'm in a new religion yeah, now. It, no, it, dude, it did make that sense it can to be, everybody. That like, it can be ice. It can be liquid. It can be vapor. But it, can it just, be anything. it cleanses you. It's in three states. We it, have to have it. We are it. We need it to be this alive. This is what we are. We're made of water. The We're ocean. Water? And then what you just said is that the ocean isn't alive. The things in the ocean are alive. That means that water is God. Yeah. That's crazy. Thanks detox. Dude. Go to his uh oh, he actually I think he's doing it. Oh, we're Halloween. doing it. Oh, we're both doing it tomorrow. No, 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 it's not tomorrow. It's on Halloween. It's the last Thursday of the month. I thought it was the third Thursday. I maybe I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. But I can't cuz tomorrow I actually I actually I have to pick up an extra shift for a buddy. He has a uh, band. He's in a band. The band of a thousand names is playing somewhere and so he can't be at work so I have to cover his shift. Yeah. Well, I always love seeing you naked, not in a sexual way, oh, but I just, you. I just love seeing you perform, and I know you like it. I love naked, drop so, and like, trow. It's super fun there. It's just um, so funny to me because all of these like patriarchal constructs of beauty, and and that I am getting so old, and I still, I don't think I look terrible naked, so I'm still okay. I think with you it. look great, Pam. Thanks, I appreciate that. But I'm like 45. It's funny because I keep watching all these things on the internet. 
Uh, and it's before they show you the dumb ads and you have to watch it for like four seconds and press click. But one of them that I actually watched the whole way through is this one that's like spanks for your whole body and it's like shape sculpt your body it's basically like a girdle and so you wear this for your thing whole body for your yeah for underneath your boobs all the way down through your thighs so that when you are wear a dress you don't have your flibbity flobbies flapping around and um i was like damn people do that but i think everybody's doing that i just i just don't even know i'm just like oh i um should well, i join the revolution and start I know it's it's just That's these- so terrible. Like it, that. Like I hate that women think that they have to do that. Yeah, I know. Wearing and I hate that there's men and- out there that force that well, upon women. And it's so um, silly because when you finally take your clothes off, it's like hitting one of those biscuit things on its counter, like popping fresh, baby. When you get out of your girdle or spanks or special bra or whatever, it's like everything goes. I don't have that problem yet, thank God. But well, you're a confident woman, but unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of women out there that don't feel confident, mm. and I hate that. Cause sure. If you're a woman out there and you're listening, feel confident. Um, if you're not comfortable in your own body, yeah, where can you be? Do comfortable? something to. No, this is gonna sound bad, but like, go what? work out, drink no, no, a smoothie, no, okay, do some well, push-ups. Like, you well, fat okay, sock. first Just off, kidding. first off, I love everybody already. I mean, that's not exactly true. I don't love everybody already because there's a lot of bad people out there. But um, if you're uncomfortable, just first off, be comfortable, and just. <laughs> no, no, no! It's definitely a Buddhist thing. I agree too. You have to I mean, be, but well, also work towards it. Like if, if, if you're not, I mean, I like the thick woman. I like the thick woman. Good. Hell yeah. Takes dude. all kinds. You're the only thin woman. You and my mother are the only thin women I trust. <laughs> Why don't you trust? This is very funny. Why don't you trust skinny women? Just cause my friend that I used to live with for a long time always made a joke about that. Oh, Okay. No, hey, it's fair I, enough. I I trust thin women too, but I just like to say no, hey, no, it's it's funny. I my, would my my like my my old roommate who I lived with for like five years. Uh, it was like a forty year old black man. Now he was like, I don't trust no thin women, and I just like to repeat that. Yeah. But I do trust thin women. But I'm a skinny chef. It's hard to trust me. Also, now that I don't have a sense of taste or smell, I revealed that yesterday on the back patio. I was just saying, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. I can't. I lost my sense of taste or smell. And this guy looks at me and goes, but you work in a kitchen. And I was like, I know. Psychotic, isn't it? Because Everybody I can't. Everybody who works in a kitchen is either like overweight or too thin. I, yeah, I guess. I'm not too thin, though. I'm. I've always been exactly the right size. I think you're right perfect, fam. Thank you. That's really sweet. I don't want you to worry. I don't want any. If anybody out here is listening, um, you're perfect. If you want to make an improvement on your body, that's fine. I don't have a place of judgment. Um, just feel comfortable in your own skin. I can't judge. I want to. I want to be heavier. I want to be like a fucking like 170 like boxer like 
And I used to be like 10 pounds heavier when I surfed every day. Oh, you used to surf every day. That's very like, in. that's totally works with the water is God kind of situation. Oh, totally. You're dude, riding God. Dude, the ocean is like definitely like godly. Right. Yeah. And like it gives you pain and it gives you pleasure. Sure. Like, uh, but uh, I got, I got hit by a car a couple years ago oh. and like it just shattered my elbow. And like I can only paddle for like thirty oh, minutes now, wow. and then um, I don't really surf anymore. That sucks. Jonathan doesn't. Jonathan used to surf like every day, multiple times a day. He used to that used to be like his whole life. Dude, that was that was like what I lived for. Yeah, for a while. Right, it's um, God right there. It, dude, I. Oh. I know, and you feel powerful, and you feel in control. Now I'm sounding as in, articulate as a surfer, because um, <laughs> surfers, for the most part, surfers are not uh, talkers, because they just like to sit in the water and surf. But um, uh, let's uh, let's play. Uh, we're getting our phone call to talk about menopause, but let's play a song that you like in the interim here. Uh, a song I like? Yeah, something that a song that you like that's on the uh Hawkwind Organ Accumulator. We're going to we're going to get to our phone call in just a minute, but we're going to play a song that our first guest Aaron Lewis, comedian and wrestling enthusiast as he's telling us uh about and then we're going to talk to our oh, Meek Mill. We're going to talk to our life? phone call. We're going to talk about menopause because I just started going through it. I haven't had my period since the last day I played. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about menopause yeah. and pre-menopause. Oh, it's, because it's we, all the same, I think. I don't um, know. Because we at Mutiny Radio are about all people. And 50% of the people. 50% of the world's population go through <laughs> menopause. So And we don't talk about it. It's and like we don't talk about secret. it. And it's bullshit. And everyone goes like, oh, you're not sexy anymore. You look this way or that. And I'm like, how come? When guys get older, everyone's like, oh, yeah, they're still sexy. And when women get older, they're like, oh, your vagina gets all dry. But we still have a clitoris, you assholes. Like, we still can be, we can have lots of sexual pleasure, can't we? Why do we, like, demonize this old crone idea? Um, but before we get to that, we're going to play a song so we can do a little stuff in the interim. So, uh, Aaron Lewis. What, what song was it? I don't know. What did you want to play? Uh, but he's going to be on Mutiny's Comedy oh, Clubhouse this Friday. Uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Type it in and, and we'll get it going. Comedian. Anything you want. Anything, anything you want. want. Anything you want. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, Mutiny Radio. And then we're going to get to the to the second hour here in just a second. Because I'm really, really excited about um, talking with our special guest about menopause, who we're going to get to in just a second. But we're going to play this song in the interim because we are live here at Mutiny Radio on Some Call Me Tim. The second hour with the trippy music. We're going to play... About that life, yeah, about that, about that life here, and we're gonna, there it is, rubber band OG, about that life, oh my goodness. Oh no, here we go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else out there. When last year I spent more money on spilled liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing diamond ring wearing kiss stealing woo wheel of dealing limousine right just like that 
nigga right there. That bitch right there. That bitch right there. Look at that bitch right there. You ain't about that life. You ain't about that. That price tag, you ain't about that. That bitch you love, but we pop that. That shit you talk, you ain't about that. Don't get caught in that trap. Niggas ain't about that action. You can keep your chain. My niggas don't want that plastic. Niggas keep talking about they got me. Niggas keep talking about they got wheels. Niggas keep talking about they got skill. He alright, he not real. All right, on the phone, we have fellow, uh, hi, introduce yourself. This hi, is... Hi, I'm Heather Weigler. Heather Weigler. Heather Weigler, nice to meet you. Yep. I'm a, nice to meet you, too. Awesome. I'm a perimonopausal woman in Portland, Oregon. Oh, I'm so glad you called. How, how long have you been going through this? Uh... I think it started right before I turned 40. It's kind of hard to know because, you know, perimenopause is a years-long process that the female body goes through um, so that it can stop giving a fuck about what other people think. That, I think, is the end, end goal. Hell um, yeah. At least, <laughs> at least it, for me, it is. Is it, is it um, just for people who, because I don't even know what's going on. It's I've run out of eggs, right? Is that what's happening? My ovaries? Yeah, it's actually not so much about your how many eggs you have. It's more about the amount of hormones that are being produced by your ovaries. So it's basically the process of your ovaries shutting down the hormone factory. But before they do that, they go batshit crazy. Right. You can have really, really, really heavy and intense periods on the long march to having no periods. Huh. So I was probably going through that and didn't even know that that was happening. Because I was having heavy periods, but I attributed it to when I got my IUD. And so I yeah. thought, oh, I got the copper IUD. It's in there. That's why my periods got heavier. But really... It could have been all of those extra hormones. I haven't, I haven't had a period since August 7th was the last time I bled. And I, my underwear have never been happier. But I, I feel bet. like, now I feel, <laughs> now I feel like I'm going crazy. Like, I feel like, I'm like, I'm like, this, I, I've never been this like, overtly sexual, like outwardly to people, like objectifying men and, and being like all like, just hyper feeling like this hypersexuality but at the same time i feel like i'm shutting down and getting old and gross that makes perfect sense to me because the way i understand it is the ovaries stop producing so much uh estrogen and progesterone but you're still producing some testosterone so all of those traits that are associated with the male hormone like sexual aggressiveness or whatever they can come to the forefront because the nurturing caretaking hormones have dropped off in their levels. And that's like a super oversimplification because I'm not a doctor, but I, I can tell you, I care a lot less about other people now. And I, I feel the same way that I'm much more aggressive sexually and much more like, this is what I want in the situation. I just don't care as much anymore about other people. Right. And I think it has to do with that hormonal shift. We've got Aaron Lewis in here. We've That's got the, my woman. He's got he's he's our token dude. He's like, I want to stick around and hear about menopause. No one talks about it. I'm, I'm sorry. I want to hear about menopause. Yeah, because like, I, uh, I I it's not a subject that's talked about that often. So I I will. He'll 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 my woman us every once in a while. I will 
not talk too often because I'm a dude. That's, uh, that's probably a good plan by you, I think. Uh, but, there's uh, a, my bad. Um, there's a, can I ask a question? Yeah. Are, are you in a relationship? Heather, are you in a relationship? Yeah, I'm married. Oh, I'm great. Married. Um, yeah. Has that any, in, uh, do you have children? Yeah, I have two children. They are uh, six and eight years old. Wow. Has that in any way affect? Like, has what was going on right now any in any way affected um, any of that? Any of those relationships? Yeah, the family dynamics or how you parent. Oh, absolutely. Because one of the side effects of the perimenopause is that you turn into a lunatic. Uh, I I, oh. I have had some <laughs> moments of like just full on rage. And I, I can't stop it or I can't stop whatever I'm doing. But part of me, part of my mind is like, what the fuck's going on with you, lady? Like, calm right. it down. But I really, I literally cannot take control of myself. And so I think I could be, it could be pretty surprising for somebody who's normally even keeled to kind of flip out like that. Right. And, and so, yeah, I would say it's probably affected both my husband and my, my children. I've had to apologize to my children being like, I'm sorry, I got so mad that, you didn't put your shoes on and well, I remember, it wasn't really about you. I remember my mother when in, she was in her forties and we, we were getting in so many fights and things were so like strange and aggressive and difficult. And, but nobody, no one ever talked about menopause. No one's ever talked to me about this and said, Hey, this is going to happen. You're going to get hyper aggressive. You're going to be weird to people for no reason. You're going to be sexually aggressive to people sometimes. Like, I, I mean, I, I, um, I think I sexually harassed the mailman the other day. I was what he had his, he had his shirt sort of open. So maybe he was asking for it, but I'm just, but I, I said to him, I said, Oh, I wish uh, I hope that the mailman come out with a calendar and put you in it. And I kind of went, and like gave him a wink and he smiled. And then I was like, I kept walking down the street and I'm like, if a guy would have said that to a woman, that would have been terrible. But for some reason, do I get a pass because of menopause? Like wh- what are the well, rules Well, I think now? you get a pass because of patriarchy. Really. <laughs> That's, uh, I... Okay. You get but, a pass uh, because um, of every bad thing that, men have ever done to every single woman so well and i don't know it just starts it's making me think about like life and my part in it and i never had any kids and not that i want to have kids but all of a sudden now i'm like oh my god should i have had kids and and who am i as a person and and did i not use my womanly parts and like all of these sort of like esoteric questions are just flipping around in my brain and it it's it's just making me feel really anxious also and it's weird not having a period it's weird and i lost my sense of taste and smell and i heard that that's pretty normal Uh, that hasn't happened to me that sounds maybe maybe it would help me with my bingo wings that i'm developing because also your metabolism slows down oh no so maybe if you don't want to eat as much (laughs) that kind of balances it out i don't know how that works but i i definitely relate to what What's, what, what's a bingo wing? You said a bingo wing. A bingo wing? Well, just bingo. imagine a bingo parlor full of grannies, and one of them hits bingo, and their arms shoot up in the air, oh. and she screams, bingo, bingo, and then oh she flies away. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Bingo wings. Uh, yeah, I'm worried about that, too. Yeah, that's definitely been a problem for me. And I uh, similarly, nobody had prepared me for what was going to happen. I went to my doctor thinking, i got to have ovarian cancer or something. This is not right. I'm a hormonal mess. 
My periods are painful on a new level. They're unpredictable. I'm getting fat even though I'm not eating and I'm exercising more. What's happening? And my doctor was like, yeah, that sounds all pretty normal. You should probably buy some new pants. That was her advice to me. Oh, my God. Um. That's what she did when what she about, went through like, perimenopause. Are there, are there food supplements? Are there, can I eat better? Like, what can I do? Like, take, I don't know, well, marshmallow, cotton, exercise. Willow, I, I think exercise is the one thing that has helped me with the night sweats and insomnia. I've noticed oh. a real difference between exercising and not exercising in that way. I'm having tons um, of reverse insomnia in that I'll go to bed at night, no problem. But then I wake up at like five in the morning and there is nothing I can do to get back to sleep. Like falling asleep isn't the issue. It's waking up on the other end and not, I mean, I used to be able to wake up and be like, Oh, I'm going right back to sleep. And now I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess I'm up. And then, yeah. I, and then maybe in the afternoon I can kind of maybe pull a nap if I can, but not really. I'm just sort of working on less sleep and not I'm going to bed earlier but then I still wake up in the morning it's like it's weird yeah well and the doctor would tell you stay hydrated sleep sleep on a schedule don't smoke don't drink exercise all the all the boring things that you should do to be healthy anyway is what they tell you to do for menopause um But I think it's pretty outrageous that half of the world's population goes through this experience, and the best advice the medical establishment can give us is invest in bigger pants. That's not okay. That's not okay. That's ridiculous. Are we just not putting any money into research about menopause? Is it it that we – I mean, because – all, everyone goes through it, but no, and then no one talks about it. And people even online, when I put this out, people are like, they don't want to – I think there's this stigma about not being able to have babies anymore that we don't want to talk about because somehow that makes us not makes us not sexy anymore or something. And so the idea of losing our sexiness, it's like, nobody talk about it. Keep it under wraps. Don't say a goddamn thing because we're, we're all so scared and embarrassed of potentially – not feeling attractive to other people. As a doctor from the 1950s, I think y'all <laughs> should switch to camel lights. Okay? <laughs> yeah. It's all your fault. Uh, you guys are doing everything wrong. Um, you're not getting the food on the table when I get home. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, like... I hope that comes off as a joke. No, like, I'm well. At that, uh, no one was talking about it in the fifth. No one's in the concept that no one's talking about it uh, now. I can't imagine the fifties. Right. I think it's very apparent that there's like a war on women in this country. Um, like, so different subject. Uh, well, kind of the same subject, but um, we're talking about uh, menopause, but. When you are, like, when you do, like, have your cycle, um, like, tampons are taxed because (laughs) Congress has deemed that that's a non-essential item, so you still pay tax on that, and, like, I, like... That's true, and it supports the cotton industry. Why? Who decided that we're supposed to... I'm to be a white boy and be like, yeah, why are they taxing tampons, like... I don't know. Uh, it's hey, I, I I agree with that, but then why even 
why I don't even I never used tampons and when I was a kid I always felt weird because people were like you don't use tampons I'm like I don't want to shove something inside my body I always felt it and I'd be walking around and I'd be like I feel this weird thing inside of me and so I just sort of always preferred to be like let it flow baby because you never use like pads or uh, no I, well I used I used recyclable pads that I wash in the um in the washing machine so I like bleed onto a real well, rag I mean, and then pad, I wash that I, mean, I called you pad <laughs> Pam um, but now I don't have to invest in any of that anymore so I, it's all that I need stuff. to shut up because well, I have nothing to add to this so it's cool it's cool it's cool uh, <laughs> you're trying so you're trying to be what menopause I'm, I'm is technically defined as the uh, having not having a period for 12 months so you're still in perimenopause okay. until you hit that 12 month mark bleed free wow so and then that's prepare that's actual menopause and then what does that right. mean then you just don't have period anymore it just so you're meta- done it's menopause like your, your hormone level stabilized from what i understand but um yeah, you don't you don't have a period. So, You're not as crazy. So menopause you, uh, isn't the problem. Menopause is the goal. The, right. <laughs> so right. Menopause is the goal. Exactly. But we but so I'm like, well, I'm starting so I'm perimenopausal, which means that so any woman who does no longer has a period is in menopause. Right. If she hasn't had a period for twelve months, she's in menopause. Wow. And that just so an eighty year old woman is technically in menopause. Yes. Wow. See, I didn't even know any of this stuff. Like, like that it's the lead up to that, which is what's causing all the craziness. Yeah. Well, and I think it's real. Again, it does go back to patriarchy because there's a taboo around menstruation in general. And I think that we're doing a good job as a society breaking that down a little bit having jokes about it. Women are much more comfortable talking about it. But, you know, a lot of us still will shove the tampon up our sleeve when we're walking to the office bathroom. We're not like, woohoo, I'm going to go change my tampon now. We don't We don't want people to know because there's still this taboo shame thing around menstruation. And it's even worse around perimenopause because yeah. now you have a job probably in a family. Maybe you have a relationship and you're supposed to be maintaining all these things and being this boss lady. Meanwhile, your interior life is insane. Right. So people don't want to admit that, I think. Right. And I also don't want to, and I think that our society also goes, we'll just take some pills and you'll be fine. Like if you take these pills or those pills and I don't, I don't like to medicate pharmaceutically. That's just not my game. So yeah, like, well, and they they used to try that. They had hormone replacement therapy for women to help ease them through this process, but mm. it was found that that correlates pretty strongly with increased ovarian and breast cancer risk. Oh, which I don't I don't want to deal with that either. Oh my god. Well, when I first started this, that's the first thing I thought was, "Oh my god, I haven't had a period in 3 weeks. Am I pregnant?" And I was like, "No, I have an IUD." So that's impossible. Peed on a stick just for fun, not pregnant. And I was like, what's going on? Am I sick? You know, do I, and no, it's just, I, and I thought I was like, I'm 45. I'm so young. What the fuck is going on? But to hear that you started at 41, I'm like, wow. So I'm sort of, you're still on the early side. Some women can, you know, have periods all the way into their sixties, but, um, it's not completely out of the bounds of normal. Right. What else can I expect here? The hot flashes I've been getting, it. I mean, I've never sweat so much for no reason ever. Let me mansplain, Pam. <laughs> Let me mansplain. 
until you're you're a hundred percent okay. Yeah, you gonna do it? Cause uh, <laughs> I don't know anything about this. Oh, sorry. I, I, cause I don't know anything about this. I'm a man and a mansplaining, but oh, you're you're I, fine. I'm you're fine. fine. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me tell you everything I know about the female anatomy. Is that a lot? No, nothing. Nothing, yeah. nothing. No yeah. idea. <laughs> I, and no, I know. I, I know how to make a girl come, but like that's not a, what we're talking about. Well, so, but like, and and that's the thing too, though, is that there's so much of this stigma around menopause, which is like women get this old dusty vagina, but that's just like I guess the interior part, which you can use lubes and do things, and that's not a problem. But really. Like, we've given up all that stuff to dudes for so long. I mean, it's time for you to work on the clitoris, boys. Like, we wait, still wait, have a uh, fine working sexual right. organ downstairs. Hell yeah. And all of Hell that. Hell yeah. But all of the stigma surrounding, a lot of the stigma around sexuality and menopause is that you're going to dry up and be gross. And it's like, oh. Did you used oh, to work on it or did you used to fuck on your period? Oh, all the time. Yeah, I like. I like There's extra lubrication. It's fine. It's if not anything, a big deal. Like, Put down a towel. Anybody you have been with has been like more horny on their period. Of course, it know? can actually like, alleviate cramping. Yeah, it alleviates cramping. Yeah, it's great. Like, just like the craziness. Oh, sorry. I no. I, if you have I sex, I apologize because I well, I did it again, but I interrupted you. No, no, no. And like, I'm mansplain like, away. Man, I'm, the I'm mansplaining. I'm a bad person. Oh, no, you're uh, fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're doing like, fine. You know it. So yeah, you, he's he's I, at least well, yeah, I you're act good. like I know it. Like, he has long hair like a lady. He understands a little bit of what we go through. I totally act like I know everything about the human body. But, uh, Se- um. Sex on periods, though, used to be a very taboo thing, too. But you just put down a towel. It's no big deal. And if you have at the it's, very beginning... It's good for you, though. Cause it, it is? It, it, it alleviates the cramps. And if you and if you uh, have it at the beginning of your cycle, you can actually make your cycle be shorter. Because you stimulate that area and it just like kind of flows out. So, hey, ladies... I don't yeah, happen like, to me it's anymore. Not like but men give a shit. Like, well, but they we men, is it that like, we think they do? Men will fuck a dog. Oh, like, <laughs> men will fuck anything. Like but, I mean, I won't. But then but even like, in that statement, it somehow subjugates certain it says that I'll fuck anything. So, uh ugly women or I mean, it's like we want to kind of move away from that objectification point of that you know, women no, are agree. only sexual beings I, I, when they're I, I this agree. age or they're that or... No, no, I agree. And I don't want that to, like... I don't want that to be a thing. I'm just saying, like, men will literally fuck anything, though. And But you're the future. You're a 28-year-old man, so at least you know in this conversation that this is going to happen. And I hope that you find women over 40 sexy. Because here's the other problem. I do find men, men over, over 40... 40 sexy, like... But when when dudes are over 40 and they're on their... T- like, I have a buddy who, like, tinders and grinders or does all that, whatever they are. I don't know what the apps are. But he's like, yeah, I date women that are 21 to, like, you know, 35. And I'm like, so you don't even include women in your own age range in your dating profile? Like, stuff that you're looking for? That, that was his limit is 35. Yeah, he's a 40, 42-year-old dude, and he his whole dating profile is 21 to 35-year-old women. And I'm like, you piece of dog shit. Like, what the fuck? Not just for. I don't. How old is he again? Forty-eight. Forty-one. Forty. Forty-one. 
Um, and that's totally yeah, acceptable. He was a piece of dog shit. But if uh, like a woman when she's 44, 45 puts her age range like 21 to 29, is everyone's going to be like, "Oh, you're gross. You're bleh, bleh. I mean, I I don't know. I it's the double a standard. 43-year-old woman when I was 23. Mm. Um How was that? Uh it it, it wasn't bad. <laughs> No, <laughs> it, it was pretty good. Like it was pretty good. She was very accommodating, um, but like I find myself getting less accommodating. Like, I'm like, um, but deal like, with my. She needs. had a daughter that was like four years younger than me. Um, it wasn't bad though, but like I just you know it wasn't going anywhere. Mm. Like we fucked a couple times and then that was it. Well, and I think that's all right, though. Yeah, sure. Yeah, she was like, just done with you. That's she okay. She was just done with you. That's funny. I, you know, I, I think we were both just done with each other, you well, know? That's good. I, you know, Wait, I was back just to, like a 23-year-old that, like, had to bust a nut, you know? Back to, like, back to Heather. I horny, you know, and I fucking ba- back wanted to, to leave. Like. Back, back to Heather. Um, how long have <laughs> you been married? How long have you been married? I've been married uh, 13 years wow. next month, and we were together 10 years before that. So I've been with one guy for a really long time. And Congratulations. How, how accommodating is has he been through this change? He's been really accommodating, and he's gotten smarter as he goes along because he used to try to maybe interrupt some of the men- perimenopausal tantrums mm. by saying things like, are you, are you doing okay? Oh. You seem like you're really hot right now, that sort of thing. And now right. he realizes that he should not say anything until it's over. Sure. Cause I can't hear you in that space when, when, right. you know, I'm, I'm not in control of myself basically or my emotions. So don't try to come at me with information to reform i'm not going to do it then and that's a really i i would give that tip to anybody who is uh partnered with somebody who is experiencing perimenopause just kind of give them space to have whatever crazy ass feelings they seem to be having and if you want to have a conversation about it find another time later right because but now i feel like how do i because i've been having these tantrums like i've been tantruming and and the problem is that I have a radio station, so I do it in sort of a public manner, and I just want to learn how to maybe define the triggers, and then some, because it doesn't help me. Like the the tantrums that I've been having, like if I explain it later, be like, "You guys, I'm going through menopause." They're like, "Fuck your face, we don't care." I'm hanging out with a bunch of right. like 26 year old comedians. They don't have empathy for my hormonal changes, so it's it it becomes. Um, you know, it's recumbent upon myself to notice that these things are happening and then try to somehow augment my behavior. And I, I don't, I, maybe I should just lock myself in a closet when this is happening and like scream into a pillow. I don't know if there are any coping mechanisms that you can share. I have just left the room and I, that's not something I've ever done before this time in my life, but there have been moments where I can feel I'm, I'm going to explode, and I know that it's just going to be better if I walk outside and take some deep breaths. So I'll yeah. find myself doing that okay. quite a bit, just leaving. And it's disruptive to whomever you're talking to. It's weird for my children because they're like, wait a second, she was pissed off, and now she's gone. What's right. happening? I don't right. know what to take from this encounter. Um, so I do try to go back in and finish whatever I started in a reasonable, sane way. But I think sometimes the only thing to do is just, let yourself go through it and give yourself space to do that. And, and I, I'm sad that people aren't more accommodating because 
when teenagers are going through puberty, everyone's just like, oh, yeah, you know, puberty. Sure. They get a pass. Yeah, that 13-year-old's an asshole, but he's got testosterone happening, so he'll, he'll so get over it. Well, the same is yeah. true. You know, the same is true here. So we should have some grace around that as well. And we need to be talking about it because so many women now are having babies between the ages of 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, even 42 and then you have a baby and then suddenly you go through perimenopause and you've got a baby and you're trying to deal with that. And you've got the, I mean, it, I mean, are we all supposed to be super women? Like we're just supposed to, that's the other thing. I feel like on your road to crondom, and I hate that word crone, but on your way, it should be like on your way to being a wise woman and, and helping the community and, and serving others without your uterus involved, and, you know, helping and being a, being a mother to all your neighbors and friends. and ch- Instead of thinking of it in this positive light or even learning how to deal with it in that way, it's like, hide it. Don't say right. anything. It's like, can't you just shut up about it? Can't you just be like every other woman for the past millions of years that just doesn't say anything and just bites the bullet and just, and I'm like, no, I want to talk about it. I don't understand why women just have to subjugate themselves all the time to the, to the emotions and wills of men. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Is my, is my tantrum disturbing you? Is me like my life changing and everything inside me going wacko? Is that, is that not on your schedule? Like I get kind of up in arms about it. Like I'm yeah. just supposed to constantly change my behavior to please other people. And I feel well, like I and did that as a We're child. in a society where men can do that. A Supreme Court nominee sat in Congress and had a tantrum, and everyone's like, look how tough he is. You know what I mean? So uh, there's also a double standard you're dealing with in how your behavior is received. And if you were a man having that tantrum, people maybe wouldn't dismiss it in the same way. They'd say, he's got a need that needs to be met. I'm right, dismissing or, anything that you said. I a hundred percent no. I, I I feel bad for even talking right now. Because you're hundred percent right. You're hundred percent right, Pam. Um, I just it's the the, the, the patriarchy. It's... The patriarchy makes women shut up. When we're litter, when we're little, we're supposed to take a dick in the mouth, and we're supposed to be like, I love blowjobs. Yeah, I love having a dick in my mouth shoved down my throat. That's my favorite thing. And then it's like, then you're old, and it's like, let me shove my dick in your mouth so that you can't talk. You're like, rah, rah, rah. you're trying to say something like, I feel menopausal, but you can't with that huge dick in your mouth. It's like, when when does the patriarchy get off of us? And then even when you're an old Old crone, look at Thus Spoke Zarathustra by Nietzsche. There's a whole chapter that's like, if you see an old woman in the street, beat her with a stick. And it's like, what? Whoa. <laughs> Pam, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong, Pam. And, and I agree 100% with you. And like, I like, I feel bad, but also, oh, damn it. It's because he's he, uh, Aaron's. Aaron's here drinking a little whiskey. He's starting to. He's starting to. The the slippery no, threads of thought it's, are it's a, it's, it's falling out of his grasp. Slope, but it's just like it's <laughs> just, you, you you can't absolve like you know. <sighs> we can't absolve thousands of years of patriarchy in one hour of some call me Tim, but we can try. And well, and I, I think that you're that, doing basically like, what we need to do. Listen to me. 
which is having more conversations about it. I try, I'm trying to work on some bits in stand-up comedy about going through perimenopause. I'm going to tell you, they're not necessarily really well-received in roomfuls of 20-year-old young male comics. They don't really want to hear about it, but you know what? That means they need to hear about it even more. Are you, and are you doing jokes about 20 it? 20 years. Do you have jokes? That? Have you been doing jokes about perimenopause? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm, I'm working on some material. Yeah. Good. I am too. I am too because I, I feel like if we don't talk about it, who else is going to talk about it? That's right. Yeah. So you're a comic up in Portland. I'm going to be up there for the Ha Ha Harvest Festival. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it's going to be a great festival. The yeah. people who put it on are amazing, and the, I've seen some of the lineup so far. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be here because oh. it's uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, but I am going to probably send a tape into the Mutiny Radio Comedy you Festival. You are, Heather. I'm so excited. That's great. I love Portland. I love everyone from Portland, and I love everything you guys are doing up there in your comedy scene. I think it's it's everything I wish San Francisco could be, and I. I only say that because I visit it, and I'm sure you treat, I don't know if you treat each other different than you treat visitors, but you treat visitors like like beautiful gifts from the heavens. Like, I felt like the golden child there. So, everything, everyone's so nice, and you have audiences, and <laughs> I mean, and there's like happy shows, like um, fucking Jaron George with his positivity show, or optimism, yeah, or whatever. I'm optimism. Like, I love that you're just trying to be happy. And uh, I love Jenna Vesper. I love so many of your comedians up there. You guys are doing a great job. Yeah, there there are a lot of amazing people out here. And I, what I like about the Portland comedy scene is fairly welcoming to women. At least the women I've come across have been super cool. And women are easy are asked to be booked on shows all the time. Yeah, and that's amazing. And we don't tolerate punching down or racist, sexist bullshit. If somebody is peddling that, nobody here is buying it. Exactly. So that's a really special thing. That's that's Portland is amazing. So if you were to give me four tips on what I can do right now, that besides like, okay, I should exercise more. I walk a lot, but I should actually like go on a jog or something, do some push-up oh, sit-ups. But, but, but this is supposed to help with the with the insomnia. But if you had four tips to say, this can help you during this just crazy emotional weird time where all of this inside stuff is happening what would you what would you say that i should do um number one you probably already do it and that is smoke weed but i would focus on cbd because i found that cbd you know it's not intoxicating at all but it can definitely have a mood stabilizing effect that's my experience i'm not sure it works for everybody but i would put that high on the list of things to try out CBD. If you if you take a CBD tincture and you overdose, no, well, not overdose, but you just take too much of it, then you can get really high. I talked to cats once when I took too much CBD. I <laughs> I've took like never a, tried that. I took like a hundred milligrams of C- CBD tincture, and I was I literally talked to my my and my heard, cat was uh, answering. I me. heard hibiscus really helps. Hibiscus? Yeah, I heard it. Hi- I heard it helps with like hormonal imbalances. Hibiscus. Yeah. All right, I'll try it. Uh, and and that works for males and females. Hibiscus. Yeah. It's a flower. Look it up. So number one, CBD, and that's a flower too. Uh, Heather, number two. I would talk to your doctor. Oh. Whatever symptoms you're having. Uh, I mean, I pushed and pushed that's and pushed. I went two? to doctor number one after is doctor. A... <laughs> 
Number one's a holistic weed. thing, but number two is doctor. Number two and, is doctor. Yeah, number two. Well, the reason is not every medical professional gives a shit. You know, you have to find the right one. Right. And I eventually found one that I got a procedure called an endometrial ablation, which is basically they cauterize the inside of your uterus. Whoa. Uh, so Whoa. that you stop having these heavy periods. I know it sounds horrible. It was, it was horrible for about two minutes, but... I haven't had a real period since May, so it's been life-changing and amazing for me. Wow. Look into that if you're, okay. if you're bleeding heavily. I, I haven't – the thing is I'm not bleeding at all, so I'm kind of waiting for this time where the next time I bleed, I feel like it's going to be insane, right? Is that what happens? Like you didn't bleed? For, uh, yeah. I'm worried for you, Pam. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I haven't bled in like two months, so it's going to be like I'm going to think I'm dying, but it's just that I haven't had a period in two and a half months, and my body's sort of stored up all that – stuff and it's yeah. gonna come out we just don't know when we don't that know would be when, my guess i hope that, that i hope you're the person who just boom it happens and you're done having your period and you never have to think about it again but i would emotionally prepare for like a for your pussy to look like the elevator from the shiny yeah just, you know. yeah yeah, yeah. Have, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm no no go ahead go ahead oh i want to i want to talk well we had two more to Yeah, we have, we have the, two more. And then, what, do you have a question? Did I ever want to? Uh, like, did you ever want to, like, have a child? So when I was 32, I was married. And I was with my uh, ex-husband for 13 years. Five. Obama with small dick. Yeah, he knows my yeah. jokes, so he knows. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was married to a, a, lovely, a lovely gentleman, but I, I, he was the only person I had sex with, so I didn't know that his uh, penis was not as large as everyone else said uh, black men's penises are. And that's fine. It that's nothing. crazy. You only had sex with him? Yeah. Before you were married? Yeah. Fuck, that's crazy. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I just, I didn't know. But um, we tried. I took, when I was 31, 32, I took all the prenatal drugs to get ready for it. And we were all ready to have a baby. And we'd been together for so many years. And it was time. And I was I was really ready for it. And then I injured myself. Um, I had to have a an ACL uh, reconstruction and I was crying so much and because they were like they were like it's okay I was like I'm not gonna be able to have children they're like no 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 you'll get out of surgery you'll wait eight months you can have a baby it's no big deal there's nothing wrong with your uterus this is your knee and I was like I don't think I'll be with my husband at that point <laughs> and I wasn't I ended up leaving him so the baby that we were gonna have was sort of a latch, last ditch effort to keep the marriage together and if we would have had one I'm certain that I'd still be living in San Diego and I'd have a um, now I guess 13 year old 12, 13 year old child and that would be my life but my life took a drastic change and that's fine um, but once I moved to San Francisco I didn't want to have a child because I, I didn't have a house or a car I was completely unstable I was a nanny I was drinking so whiskey during the day I mean but that's the thing is like now I think it's irresponsible for me to have a child because oh, yeah. of the lifestyle that I've taken and that I've adopted like having a kid right now what I'm gonna have a kid in my studio apartment with me and my boyfriend that doesn't make any sense like what how do the what I got a, vaccinations and not drinking on Tuesday nights I, I mean I can't even imagine like babysitters and shot like but just all of it that is involved with having a kid I just don't see my lifestyle being that direction it could have in the past but just now you know not so much okay sorry, sorry Heather, for cutting you off so one uh, one is cbd two is see your doctor three yeah three um i will see if you're not having periods this is not going to help you but for any women out there or men who might want to get their women a gift 
Uh, I would recommend period underwear. I'm with you about the tampons and pads. And by the way, they're not going to be able to manage whatever situation is happening for you in perimenopause. So I found, I just wear period underwear all the time now, just in case something crazy happens. Right, like Thinks or Spank. What are yeah, they called? They're called yeah, Thinks. There's yeah, a, there's a ton of different brands now. Thinks was, I think, the first like real mainstream one. But um, I'm all about that. Like, we don't need to use any more disposable products that's just that's patriarchy plus capitalism oppressing us you know so i would invest in that and then heating pads those are my other tips maybe going outside and taking a breath because i don't know what to do about the insanity other than the cbd yeah but those are some of the things that i've i've tried beyond exercise which i really do think has helped as much as i hate to say it because i fucking hate to exercise but it makes a difference it makes a difference oh I'm so scared. I'm scared for this period to eventually come and like where I am and what <laughs> like it's going to be like the ver- I remember the very first period that wasn't mine but that I experienced through someone else. And I was in junior high and my buddy was wearing a white skirt and she stood up to do something on the board and I rec- I was like, wow, there's a red spot on the back of her skirt. And I looked at her and I was like, I think you got your period. And she looked at me and she just with the, her eyes and I gave her my sweatshirt and she wrapped it around her waist and she wore it for the rest of the day and like figured out what to do with toilet paper in the bathroom. And she was mortified in the class, like all pointed and laughed and it was like a carry moment. But... It was traumatic. It, it's like yeah. the trauma that you experience when it happens, when you're not ready for that when you're a kid. I, I feel like I'm going to experience that again of, you know, being at work and being like, oh, this is happening. I don't have, does anyone have a sweatshirt? I'm like shoving toilet paper <laughs> in my underwear and up my twat. Like, what am I going to do? I'm just sort of waiting for this. Like you said, the elevator yeah. of shining to come. Yeah, who knew that 45 would be so much like 13? Yeah, I feel like, I seriously feel like a 14-year-old girl right now, like with the whole boy thing. 14-year-old girl. 14-year-old girl. Well, no, because I've never been, and my my boyfriend is 11 years my junior, and he's hot and amazing and just gorgeous and wonderful, but I'm still like. He's hot and he's amazing. He is, but I still, I find myself like staring at young, hot guys, like at their arms and their thighs and their muscles and stuff. I'm like, oh my God. Like, and I'm feeling feelings. I'm feeling like tingly feelings in like my nether regions from like the fucking mailman. So it's, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm worried about, I feel like I might need to go to counseling to like shut down these feelings. Yeah. Because, but well, you said it's the testosterone. So I'm being, I'm being flooded with testosterone. Is that, well, it's not, it's not so much your testosterone is increasing. It's just that the other hormones, the female expressive hormones are decreasing. So testosterone seems stronger. It seems like it's It's increasing. Yeah. It's more at the forefront. It's more in the mix of your hormonal equation. I see. Um, but um, you, I think you could have better sex for that reason. I yeah. mean, mind right. is the biggest sex organ. Right. I'm, I'm ready for it. I can't wait. Well, I know I have been having actually better sex, actually. My boyfriend, because I'm also, because I'm older, I'm like more comfortable with my body and like with my life and everything. So I'm, I'm more open to like sexually be more explorative maybe or... I don't know. I'm just more comfortable, so things are getting better in that realm. Aaron has yeah, a question. That's... Aaron, you oh, have a question. Did I have a question? You did. You forgot it already? Is it the testosterone um, flooding your body that's making you not be able to think? 
Yeah, I'm a, I'm a regular dude that's got a lot of testosterone going through him, and I got I just got so much testosterone going through. Does that does that actually diminish for men when they get older? Is that what erectile dysfunction's about? Is that they have less testosterone? No, the only thing that diminishes for men is like the same thing they never had. Is like like the fucking weak, fucking person they are they no are i don't think you can than. blame eat i can't i don't think you can blame erectile dysfunction on people being weak but i don't no, understand okay. there's so many uh, pills for sorry, it sorry for the first person, person i was talking to on the mic but also um if you're a guy like very like concerned about your own body shut the fuck up <laughs> shut the fuck up is it you're too fine. easy for guys are fine they, they're fine yeah I mean, better. they're fine because of patriarchy, but menopause is a thing. Your testosterone menopause will is drop a thing. off. Menopause is I, a thing? Menopause is a thing. I and didn't know that. Menopause is a fake thing. Just no. Fucking, there's just a, wait, let's, eat, I eat better food. It's not as dramatic because it's not the shutting down of your entire reproductive system, but your your no, hormones no, definitely wait, decrease. Wait, Aaron, Aaron, I want to hear what Heather has to say about menopause because I'd never even heard of it as a thing. I've never even heard of it as a concept. Well, I don't know if that's a medical term, Pam, but, yeah. um, and it's not as dramatic as, as menopause because it's not like your reproductive capacity completely shuts down like it sure. does for women, but your hormone levels definitely drop off. Right. I mean, I, I you could be you hormone could be a sexual drop, being as an 80-year-old man, but you're not going to be able to go as often or as hard as a younger man, and that's there's a reason for that. It's related to your hormone spectrum. Right. Like Hugh Hefner okay, had so three girlfriends. Hormone Why? Levels will drop off for men, but it's not the same thing like as in women where they straight up can't like reproduce eggs. Right, um, right. Right. Uh, There's and that's a straight up scientific thing, and dudes that fucking cry about like their T levels can fucking cry about it to their mothers, cause like, <laughs> um, I'm fine. You're 28 though; it's different. You're in the prime of your whole thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. But still. Isn't it funny how men, when they're in their prime now, are like just not ready for anything? I'm not in my prime. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'm in, Whether or not I'm in my prime is not the issue. It's the issue that like men are being fucking douches all the time. That's true, too. Um, yeah. But even that's a patriarchal statement because calling someone a douche is like douches are completely unnecessary anyways aren't they it's a thing it's when you're like oh you're a yeah, douche yeah you shouldn't use a douche you probably shouldn't yeah. because it's not good douches to clear out douches are not good your, for your vagina because you're clearing out all your like fo- flora okay. and fauna in there um, I'm not doing well for myself because I'm not <laughs> I, I'm trying uh, okay anyways Men are bad people. No, we can't blanket statement that. Come on. No, they're, uh, men are oppressed by patriarchy, too. They're victims of the system as well they because are. they don't have they, to say. They, they really yeah. are because they think that, like, uh, how do I word this? Uh, Here, you think about it, and I'll tell Heather about my jokes. I just find it so... I silly and ironic that in our language the patriarchy is so evident. I have a joke I tell almost at every set now where it's a lot of patriarchy and I observe it. I used to have I used to menstruate every month. I used to menstruate. Why would we call it menstruation? Who 
who produced the language and how do we keep this language going? Every time anybody says it, menstruate, and they think it's gross. Like, why would we choose patriarchal names? Why would we call it menopause? Are you fucking kidding me? It doesn't happen to men. And it's in the, but men are going to pause on you because they're like, oh, she can't have a baby anymore. But why do we even in our language, when you have sex for the first time, you break your hi men. Hi men, hi, hi, now I can have sex with you all. Like, even all of the words that intimately work with our, with our specific uh, genitalia have to do with the patriarchy and that we just keep that going and we don't change the name. I feel like we should change the name of menopause to something else. Like, yeah, right? Because every yeah. time we say the word, it's all about men, but it has nothing to do with them at all. And they're like, oh, that's gross. Why did you want you? Not? You're not sexy anymore. You're not attractive to men anymore. And it's like, Ugh. in quotations, oh, fix that problem there we go no 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 i'll clean it up it's it, it, it affects our lives in quotations oh and i'm not saying that's men. correct <gasps> i'm not saying that's correct i i never thought of it that way of course they would put it that way because it affects them it affects right, us something some happening way. to their stuff sub to the things that they own <gasps> yeah. yeah oh man it well, attributes I mean, to the patriarchy you know I never thought of it that way because it, it affects their ownership over my uterus. Wow. You ever notice how somebody that's like really patriarchal never never knows how to make a girl come? Interesting. No, I haven't noticed that yet. I try never? not to. I, I, haven't tried I try to not to fuck people who are really into the patriarchy, yeah, so me too. I, I don't know. Yeah. They never do. It just, yeah. you, all you end up is, is your balls and their, like, their balls in your mouth. You don't oh actually God, get to have sex with them. I don't understand feminism. Why is there no girl under me? <laughs> Have you ever touched a clitoris? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever licked one before? I like that the word clitoris has nothing. To, there's no word. There's no man. There's no. There's no man in clitoris. There's no man in clitoris. And there shouldn't be. Yeah, there shouldn't. There should be man on clitoris, but there shouldn't be man in. Well, you can't have man in clitoris. Well, tongue on clitoris. Or, yeah, but it's yeah. not in. It's on, which is good. Um, That's good. Okay, you Aaron. Know, Aaron, you have to you have to stop for a second because we're gonna say goodbye to Heather because we're gonna wrap okay. up. But we'll say we'll say that goodbye to Aaron Lewis. He's been great. It's been great to be to have a little bit of mansplaining in this menopause situation. Um, I know everything, folks. Yeah. I'm a man. He's a man. I, He's got I it totally all. know everything. He does. I totally know everything. <laughs> well, we thank You've you. You've never heard a woman like Pam Benjamin tell you. A, like really intelligent things before because everything intelligent comes from comes from from a dumbass dude it's hey it's you you're it's it's your world baby you live it no i'm kidding mutiny radio i love you so much uh this is a woman's world let's lick some clits fucking lick the pussy all right amen eat the pussy eat the pussy be a man eat the pussy i'm on board with eating the pussy that seems like a good mantra Pussy, all right? Thank you, Aaron Lewis. Uh, all right, I and, love you all. I love you all. Okay. Thank you. All right, here we are with Heather out of Portland, and I want to thank you so much for enlightening me on what's going to be happening to my body for the next six years. Six years? Six oh, years? Oh, yep. Yeah, well, you probably already knocked a few out maybe without even knowing it, but I want to thank you, Pam, for bringing it up because I'm really serious that people need to talk about it. Women need to be prepared for it so that there's not so much shame around it because you can't control it. It's a biological function you can't control. Why are we shaming women about it? 
let's all talk about let's it. Let's all talk so about thanks it. Thanks for Thank having you so much, Heather. You are always you're always welcome uh, to call in at Mutiny Radio. It's it's always a pleasure to have you, and I can't wait to have you at the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival coming Ooh, up March first through seventh, twenty twenty. Yay! Yay! Um, Thank you, Pam. I really it's been appreciate a pleasure. You. Have a great day. Yay! That was a wrap. That was... Some call me Tim. That was really, really great today. Uh, thank you so much, Aaron, for being here. You did do a good job. I'll, I'll, I'll clean it up. Don't worry. Don't knock anything else over. Uh, you've been listening to Some Call Me Tim here at MutinyRadio.fm. Every week we talk to different people or persons about life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us next week. And in subsequent weeks, please come on Friday to Mutiny's Comedy Clubhouse where you can hear Aaron Lewis. It's going to be exciting. It's Yeah, you can talk real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, I will be here this Friday at Pam's Pamtastic Comedy Clubhouse. So you'll see me talk about butt chugging. Yeah. Ass piss. Ass piss. Pee pussy. Pee pussy. Skid mark. Skid and mark. fucker. Oh, the gamut. And his, and his dog, Jeff. Here. And my dog, Jeff. You're going to hear the whole thing. Thanks for joining us on Some Call Me Tim. We'll be back next week. Bye. Motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1 800 Law Tigers or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834.
I was just leaving the theater. Convertible 1969 gold Cadillac with a white interior. And I started to do some thinking. Around in and on the freeway, and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glasses. Looking big spliffs and cruising. Saturday noon to two. On the freeway. I am a total fraud. Hello, Blake. Henry! Yeah, Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your, uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. But you can apply now through November 30th. 50 shows in seven days, over 50 comics from all around the U.S., and you could be one of them. Go to the Mutiny Radio website, www.mutinyradio.fm. Click the Apply button. Pay that 20 bucks. Donate to Mutiny Radio and apply with your five-minute video to the Mutiny Radio 5th Annual Comedy Festival coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. Submissions close November 30th. Get those submissions in now. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Four nine nine. 
Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counteroffer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counteroffer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counteroffer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counteroffer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counteroffer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counteroffer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counteroffer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio. Welcome to the Weekly Review. I have two guests here who have joined me. Please introduce yourselves. My name is Lenora Lee. And my name is Ian Huynh. Thanks for being here. And there's an upcoming dance performance that we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. So you joined us uh, a few months ago. It's hard to keep track of the time these days. Um, and the last performance we saw was just really impactful. It was over on Angel Island. And I just, ugh, I can't say how touching it was. It was just really incredible. 